The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. It is important to find an appropriate balance in the extremes. Hard physical exertion and much needed rest. Exposure to sunlight as well as plenty of time spent in darkness. Periods of no food in addition to mealtimes. Mental stimulation as well as internal peace and quiet. Extreme temperature exposures, either hot, cold, or both, along with comfortable ambient temperatures. Anything that can sufficiently stress the mind or body can be beneficial so long as there is corresponding rest and recovery. Hey, it's Tuesday. This is the next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kavnet. So I'm wondering, how long do you want to live? Do you want to make it to 80, to 90, to 100? Well, good luck with that. When you stop to think about it, the quantity of years you get in your life probably isn't as important as their quality. What we really want is a life that's not only long, but also vibrant and healthy. We want to reach old age with our faculties more or less intact and our capacity for joy undiminished. This might seem like wishful thinking, but there are practical ways to get there, some of which are described in the new book, Beyond Longevity, a proven plan for healing faster, feeling better, and thriving at any age by Jason Prawl. Jason is a health educator, speaker, and filmmaker, and the creator of the Human Longevity Project, a nine-part documentary series. He joins us now to share some of his big ideas. You are a holobiont, a superorganism, an immense walking, talking rainforest of genetic material that coordinates, communicates, and responds to every perceived energetic stimulus it encounters, be it extremely subtle or overt, which is why we must consider everything we eat, drink, do, believe, and interact with. In the human body, we have three distinct categories of genomes that are all doing their part to carry out function, maintain balance, and repair damaged parts. These include microbial genes, mitochondrial genes, and human genes. But genes cannot express without an animating force, an energetic stimulus. This is where the science of epigenetics comes in. It explores the energetic conditions that regulate gene expression but not just human gene expression. As it turns out, the three genomes of which you are comprised are constantly sending messages to one another to determine which genes the others should express to maintain homeostasis given the energetic environment they each perceive. This is truly interspecies communication. It is through the lens of these three interconnected and interdependent genomes that we can begin to understand how unseen energies, such as light, sound, magnetism, meditation, prayer, thoughts, emotions, beliefs, that have been scientifically demonstrated to influence human epigenetic expression. Coherence can be described as the optimal state of energy efficiency and harmonious activity in a system. Biological coherence, then, can be described as the ability of a biological system to optimize harmonious activity and energy efficiency. And because the body is composed of nested, hierarchical structures, coherence can be exhibited across all space and time scales, 
from the quantum level to the cellular level, organ level, and to the body as a whole. Each can exhibit coherence within each level and in relation to the whole. So at all levels, improved biological coherence results in a more effective storage and transfer of energy and information in a system that results in improved communication, efficiency, order, and harmony. So when coherence is reduced, we lose communication, we lose efficiency, order, and harmony, which results in an increase of dysfunction, damage, and eventually death. I propose that aging is the real-time process of losing biological coherence on any level, resulting in an inability to adapt, repair, and regenerate to the degree necessary to overcome the accumulation of damage. So per this definition, we can have a toggling of both aging and regeneration happening inside the same cell. Or we might have a fast rate of aging in the heart and a slower rate of aging in the liver, for example. It is the, the varying rates of aging in a cell, a tissue or system accounted for in this definition that allows for the organ-specific conditions such as cardiac arrest or kidney failure, type 2 diabetes, cirrhosis, stroke, or Alzheimer's. You know, there is nothing wrong with the genes per se. Rather, it is the localized loss of biological coherence that accounts for the organ or tissue-specific disease. And because the entire body is connected, when one cell, a tissue, or a system is weak or aging rapidly, the body systems will then prioritize function, create compensation patterns, and initiate repair in order to maintain homeostasis and function. And in so doing, the body as a whole will lose systemic coherence and age more rapidly. As infants, we experience the world almost exclusively through feeling. We have little rational comprehension of the world in the first few years of life. And as our brains and nervous systems continue to develop throughout childhood, we begin to give meaning to the subconscious feelings we experience and then eventually create a perception or worldview based on the meanings we give things. As such, your behavior and cellular epigenetic expression becomes heavily influenced by the perceptions and the meanings you generated based on past experiences. So into adulthood, most of our patterns of biological expression are largely driven by unconscious past programming, which may or may not be conducive to long-term health. So when it comes to living a long and healthy life, it is fair to say that preconception to somewhere between 7 or 10 years of age is the most influential period in one's life. This is when most of the biological patterns are laid down. Thanks to the adaptive capacity of our brain and nervous system, through something called neuroplasticity, we can actually retrain or repattern our biological expression to a significant degree in adulthood. But this often requires becoming aware of our largely unconscious mental, emotional, and behavioral patterns. Most of us have an overstressed, overtaxed nervous system and body as a whole. There are two ways to remedy this. First is to remove any constant state of stress or stimuli. This is where many live with the inability to truly find rest at the nervous system level. And second, to increase our resiliency and capacity to handle stress. This is where the concept of hormetic stress comes in. 
Hormetic stress is sort of like saying a little poison is healthy, but a lot is dangerous. It is a biological characteristic whereby short-term stress or damage, so long as it isn't excessive, can invoke a favorable adaptive response that results in greater resiliency in the face of adversity. Think exercise, sunlight, saunas, ice baths, fasting, and hyperbaric oxygen, just to name a few. With the right amount of perceived environmental stress and energetic stimulation, coupled with a subsequent phase of necessary repair, you are able to fully recover from the stress signal. As such, it is important to find an appropriate balance in the extremes, hard physical exertion and much-needed rest, exposure to sunlight, as well as plenty of time spent in darkness, periods of no food in addition to mealtimes, mental stimulation, as well as internal peace and quiet, extreme temperature exposures, either hot, cold, or both, along with comfortable ambient temperatures. Anything that can sufficiently stress the mind or body can be beneficial so long as there is corresponding rest and recovery. Thank you, Jason. Okay, listeners, I'm off to the gym to get myself some hormetic stress. I'll be back tomorrow with some more big ideas for you, really big ideas in this case, because I'll be joined by Stanford professor Robert Sapolsky, who will tell you whether you have free will or not. Spoiler alert, you don't. So I guess whether you listen to tomorrow's episode or not is beyond my control and yours. Or is it? Honestly, I don't know. If you can, come on back and Robert will help us sort it all out. I'm Michael Kavnet. Thanks for listening. <laughs>